The details of the covenant relate primarily to Israel's future in the Millennial Kingdom. At that time, Israel will experience spiritual revival. The knowledge of Christ will be universal as Christ will be dwelling bodily on the earth. This week on Connecting the Gap, we continue on our study, Prophecies of the Bible. And we're going to be getting into 1 Timothy in the New Testament. We're going to be getting into that right after this. Well, once again, as we get into the middle of summer, we are here with another episode of Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore, your host. Thank you for joining me this week. Visit my website, connectingthegap.net, and you can check out all my podcast platforms there, all the different channels that I'm on, such as YouTube, Rumble, and the podcast app edify and much much more there's a contact page i'd love to hear from you a page on how to be saved as well as a couple other things so again that's connectingthegap.net and my social media links are there as well we're going to go ahead and get into this this is a study based on a study by damon duck and we're very quickly getting towards revelation we'll probably be there here in about another couple of weeks or so but this week we're going to be starting off in first timothy and we're going to start in chapter four Verses 1 through 4, where it kind of talks a little bit about the dark side. So in this passage of Scripture, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with the hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commending to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. So there is a general agreement that these verses refer to the church age. That's the time the true church is on the earth before the rapture, and especially to the latter part of it leading up to the rapture. Rebellion against God will increase as the rapture nears. Persecution and deceit will also increase. The love of many will grow cold. Some will depart from what they have once professed to believe and follow other religions. They will be in touch with wandering evil spirits from the sanctuaries of Satan, and they will be listening to doctrines taught by demons. These demonic doctrines will come through hypocritical liars, religious pretenders, false preachers, counterfeit Christians, and the like who will not be grieved by what they do. They will be able to speak demonic doctrines and lies without remorse, Marriage is ordained by God, and He created meat to feed His people. But these deluded people will forbid marriage and the eating of animals. Billy Graham was quoted, Demonic activity and Satan worship are on the increase in all parts of the world. Noah Hutchins also said, We look over the world today and see the rise of spiritualism, astrology, ESP, mediums walking with the dead, ministers holding seances, devil worship, witchcraft, etc. And we know that we must be living in the latter times, or the last days of the times of the Gentiles. Never has there been such a worldwide revival of spiritualism, even in the Dark Ages. Mike Gendron gave our marching orders. 
Number one, keep away from every brother who does not live according to apostolic teaching. That's 2 Thessalonians 3.6. Number two, do not associate with anyone who does not obey Paul's instruction, so they will be ashamed. That's 2 Thessalonians 3.14-15. Thirdly, avoid those who oppose sound doctrine, as stated in Romans 16.17. Fourth, withdraw from those who advocate a different doctrine, 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 5, and be sanctified, set apart by the truth. That's John 17, 17. Do not be yoked with unbelievers, 1 Corinthians 6, 14 to 17. And finally, expose false teachers, Ephesians 5, 11, Revelation 2, verse 2. When the Sadducees asked Jesus a ridiculous question about marriage, he told them the angels do not marry. And here we have a teaching that demonic spirits will lure people into forbidding marriage in the latter times. Is it possible that the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm are trying to enforce their laws on human beings? Interest in the occult is at an all-time high around the world. Pagan religions are promoted under the guise of protecting the environment. Contacting spirits of the dead is no longer taboo, and in some circles it is viewed as an act of enlightenment. Cohabitation is common, and there are many who wrongly advocate and practice vegetarianism in the name of Christianity. Many of those involved in these things are religious people, and some are associated with the church. The Bible speaks of sins of omission, sins of commission, and sins of ignorance. That's Leviticus 4, verse 2. Some people may not know they sin, but they are still responsible. God is just, and he may consider their sin less hyenas, but his holiness still requires him to deal with it. When people discover that they have sinned, they need to deal with their sins. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24, it says some sins are obvious, while others become evident only with time. God calls and empowers his people to do works of faith. Those who obey will be greatly rewarded after the rapture. Some of the things revealed in Paul's two letters about the rapture are as follows. In 1 Timothy 5.25, good deeds are obvious, but those that are not cannot be hidden. 1 Timothy 6.11-14, Christians have a command that must be kept until the rapture. 2 Timothy 4.1, living or dead, Christians will be judged by Jesus at the rapture. 2 Timothy 4.8, a crown of righteousness will be given to those who long for his appearing. 2 Timothy 4.18, Christians will be delivered from evil in this world and transferred safely to heaven. And Titus 2.13, the hope of Christians is the appearance of Jesus in glory to rapture his church. We now move on to 2 Timothy, and we're going to start in chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away." Here Paul offers a partial list of things we can expect in the last days of the church age. Evil will prevail, and characteristics of the Antichrist will be apparent. Those influenced by the Antichrist will be, number one, lovers of themselves. The Antichrist will proclaim himself to be God. Second, lovers of money. World leaders will weep over the loss of their great wealth during the tribulation period. Third, boasters. The Antichrist will speak boastfully. Proud, the Antichrist will utter proud words. 
blasphemers. The Antichrist will blaspheme God, God's name, God's church, and all those in heaven. Six, disobedient to their parents. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Seven, unthankful. Jesus died for the sins of the world, but the Antichrist will take his stand against God. Unholy. The Antichrist will kill holy people and defile the holy place with his image. Number nine, unloving. The false church will forbid marriage, and the love of many will grow cold. Unforgiving. The Antichrist will be a conqueror bent on conquest. Number eleven, slanderers. The Antichrist will slander the name of God. Number twelve, without self-control. People will be swayed by evil desires, especially sexual desires. 13. Brutal. The Antichrist will have believers beheaded during the tribulation period. Despisers of good. Church leaders should love what is good, hold fast to the message of God, and teach sound doctrine, but it will not be so in the last days of the church age. Traitors. The Antichrist will be a liar, breaking his covenant to protect Israel. 16. Headstrong. The Antichrist will change set times and laws. He'll be haughty. The Antichrist will magnify himself. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Sexual immorality will be a major tribulation period sin. And 19, having a form of godliness but denying its power. The Antichrist will be a false Christ. The spirit of the Antichrist, or any inclination to oppose Christ or be against the things of Christ, is to be against God. Notice how this spirit and the things of Antichrist himself will do to break the Ten Commandments. Number one, no other God should be placed before God, but the Antichrist will exalt himself above every God. Number two, idols are forbidden, but the Antichrist will place an image of himself at the temple. Thirdly, God's name should not be taken in vain, but the Antichrist will call himself God and pretend to be the Christ. Fourth, the Sabbath day should be kept holy, but the Antichrist will try to change times, the Sabbath, and seasons. Fifth, people should honor their fathers and mothers, but children will be disobedient to parents, and Antichrist will show no regard for the gods of his fathers. Sixth, people should not murder, but the Antichrist will kill the saints. Seven, people should not commit adultery, but sexual immorality will be a major sin when the Antichrist reigns. Eighth, people should not steal, but theft will be a major sin when the Antichrist reigns. Ninth, false testimony is forbidden, but the Antichrist will be slanderer. And number ten, coveting is forbidden, but people will be lovers of money. Some say there is no need for church members to watch for signs because none of have been given to the church. This is not true. The church has been told that the spirit of Antichrist will prevail and actually pave the way for the arrival of the man of sin. The current disrespect for the Ten Commandments is a good indication that this is happening. The church age began with the first Pentecost, followed by the death of Jesus, and will end with the rapture of the church. During this time, multitudes will be saved, but apostasy will be a major problem as the end of the age draws near. The time is coming when the reign of Jesus will be universal and the governments of this world will submit to him. It will be a time of justice, peace, and righteousness. Some facts about the millennium on Jesus as King are as follows. 2 Timothy 2 verse 12, If we endure, we will reign with him. But if we disown him, he will disown us. In 2 Timothy 4 1, When the millennium begins, Jesus will judge those who turn to him during the tribulation period. Well, that's going to wrap up 2 Timothy, and that's also going to get us into a new segment 
of Scripture here in the New Testament as we move on on our Prophecies of the Bible study. And we're going to go ahead and get started into Hebrews. And this will start the prophecies in the letters written by other apostles. Following the 13 New Testament books written by the apostle or the one who was sent out specifically applied to the 12 disciples such as Paul and other New Testament missionaries is a series of eight books written by other apostles. These books are sometimes called general epistles or New Testament letters written by apostles because they are not directed to a particular person such as Timothy or Titus and they are not directed to a particular congregation such as the one at Corinth or the one at Ephesus. The book of Hebrews is addressed to all Jews who convert to Christianity, regardless of where they attend church. And the other seven books are addressed to the church, or the followers of Jesus Christ, as opposed to a building where people meet to worship as a whole, not to specific individuals or congregations. The subject matter is primarily Christian doctrine, but the authors make many appeals for obedience and faithful service, and they include tidbits of prophetic information not found anywhere else in the Bible. God wanted these things included, so we dare not to neglect them as we continue our study. Larry Richards wrote about this. He said others wrote letters to some of the first century churches, and these are usually called the general epistles. They include writings of Peter and John, who were apostles, and Jesus' half-brother James and Jude, who were leaders in the church. They also include the book of Hebrews. So as we start Hebrews, we're going to start in chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 7 to 13. It says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sin and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. In that he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. There were problems with the old covenant God made with Israel when Moses led the Hebrews, which is another name for the Israelites or the Jews, out of Egypt. That covenant was temporary in the sense that it did not permanently deal with sin. It required people to keep the law or all the rules God gave to Moses, but they kept breaking it causing God to find fault with them. So he promised a new covenant with Israel and Judah. This new covenant will not be like the old covenant or the covenant of law because the Jews' ancestors failed to keep the one and God finally canceled it. It will be a new covenant and the covenant of grace, the undeserved favor of God, written not on tablets of stone like the Ten Commandments, but placed in the minds and written on the hearts of people, giving them a new intimate relationship with God. This inward relationship will mean the Jews will not need priests, such as Aaron was in the wilderness, to teach them because everyone will have a built-in knowledge of God, and this new covenant will be better because God will permanently forgive the people's sins. By calling this a new covenant, God is saying the old covenant made with the Jews is obsolete. Those Jews who accept Christ should go by the new one, not the old one. Irvin Jensen quoted, This promises were better in two respects. 
First, while the promises of the Old Covenant pertain mainly to the present life, being promises of length of days, prosperity, and natural privileges, the promises of the New Covenant are principally for spiritual blessing, and they pertain not only to this life, but also to the life to come. Second, the promises of the New Covenant are not conditional upon man's works, but upon Christ's death. In the Old Covenant, God says, If ye will. In the New Covenant, He says, I will. So therefore, people who do not follow God's laws need to have their hearts changed. The indwelling presence of Christ does that. The person who receives Christ has a built-in desire to obey God. Could it be that the reason the Jews failed so often is that they did not have a desire to obey in their heart? This will be exactly what the writer to the Hebrews says it will be, a new covenant with Israel. The Jews who accept Christ now are under the same covenant of grace the church is under, and in the future the entire nation will be brought under this covenant. The law of Moses has been superseded by grace. At the second coming, the church will return to earth with Jesus. The deceased Jewish saints and tribulation saints will be raised from the dead. The saved Jews and Gentiles on the earth will enter the millennium with them. Satan will be bound, and Jesus will begin his millennial reign on earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's easy to find people who do not believe in a literal resurrection and rapture. Not watching is as old as the Pharisees and Sadducees, who paid more attention to the weather than they did to the signs of the times in Jesus' day. Large numbers of people mistakenly believe they will have the opportunity to be saved after the rapture and all through the tribulation period. They don't realize that the rejection of Jesus now means they will be counted with the enemies of God when our Lord returns. At this last Passover, which Jesus turned into the Lord's Supper, he took the cup and said, It is the New Testament, or New Covenant, in his blood that is shed for others. The New Covenant clearly includes the church, but some expositors wrongly believe it excludes Israel. However, it was made with Israel first, such as in Jeremiah 31, 31-33, and Ezekiel 20:37, and chapter 37 of Ezekiel, verse 26. And we know that saved Israel will be brought back under it during the millennium. Well, that's going to wrap up this week for this episode of Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore. Thank you for joining me. This is based on a study by Damon Duck. And we are going to be going into James next week as we get closer to Revelation. In the meantime, you can go back to my website, ConnectingTheGap.net. If you've missed any episodes, you can catch up on all of those there. And you can also see what podcast platforms I'm on. Please subscribe and share. Also visit my social media. And I'm also on YouTube, Rumble, and the the podcast app, Edify, E-D-I-F-I, as well. Well, thank you guys for joining me this week. Hope you have a great, blessed week. And we'll be back again this upcoming week with more episodes of Connecting the Gap. Until then, don't forget that God's Word never fails us. God's Word has stood the test of time. And through Jesus' death on the cross, He has connected the gap. (laughs) 